to the Faith Therapy Podcast, and I'm your host, Marilyn Shaw. I'm having intimate conversations with therapists, faith leaders, and wellness influencers with one goal in mind, to bridge the gap between faith and mental wellness. As a best-selling author and soon-to-be therapist, I'm passionate about providing practical tools to renew your mind, restore your faith, and redefine your life. The information shared in today's episode is not intended to be a substitute for a relationship with a licensed counselor. If you need one, visit MyFaithTherapy.com. That's MyFaithTherapy.com. You all are in for a special treat. Today's conversation with Tatum Tamia, as she's known on her award-winning podcast, Blessed and Bossed Up, is giving incredible jewels about how we, as believers, people of faith, can be sharpened, not only by the company that we keep, the people that God placed in our lives, but also how we are sharpened by the word of God. You know, I started this podcast because I wanted to bring in people who are who live lives that are fully committed to their walk with the Lord. And when I think about my journey along the way, I started listening to Tatum's podcast. Um, this has probably been now almost two years ago. In every single episode, she was consistently talking about the benefits of being obedient to the word of God. And today I consider it an, an incredible opportunity and just a great gem to be able to bring her on the Faith Therapy Podcast, where she's sharing with us not only her mental health journey and the seasons that she's gone through seeking counsel, but also how it's impacted her life as a leader, how it's helped her to navigate being married, being a mother. And at the end of this podcast, listen, she really broke down, you know, her journey to motherhood and the challenges that she went through. It just completely, my heart is so full by this conversation. And I pray that as you listen, that you are reminded that yes, we all go through many things in life. We go through things that can cause us to feel damaged. We can feel unworthy, feel as though that God doesn't hear us, that we're not seen by him. Or sometimes we feel like we have to conform to the belief systems and the habits and the identities that are constantly um, being front of mind. But today's conversation gives you a chance to take a deep breath to be repositioned in your authority that God has given you and to be reminded of the identity that he's placed on the inside of you. Listen, we have all been formed with great intention that the purpose that God has given you is with, you know, it wasn't just something that happened osmosisly or just whoop out of the sky. No, it's made with great intentionality. And that as you continue to grow and be intentional about your faith and mental health, God is going to see you through it all. He's going to give you 
not only the desires of your heart, but also create an environment in bringing the right people into your life. So Tatum Tamia, she is an award-winning podcaster. She also has a new book that is out called She is Uncompromising that talks about how to live a life of harmony and not this life that we hear all the time about living a life of balance. She also has an incredible mentorship program. There's so many things that she is living out on purpose. So I hope that you all take away as many gems as I did from this incredible conversation. Let's get to it. Thank you so much, Tatum, for being here today. I really appreciate you sharing your wisdom on the Faith Therapy Podcast. And I wanted to start our conversation referencing a scripture that talks about iron sharpening iron and has everything to do with the support system that we have in our life that helps us to be successful in all the areas that God has given us purpose around. So I would love for you just to talk about what does that scripture mean to you when you hear iron sharpening iron? Yeah, I mean, Proverbs is one of my favorite books, mostly because it's really black and white. Do this, don't do that. Do this, don't do that. Um, but that particular scripture really, in my opinion, it holds us accountable to who we allow in our surroundings. Because the Bible also says that bad company corrupts good habits. And so I, I believe that this is a reinforcement of just really making sure that you're around people who are ironed as well so that you can sharpen each other. Um, and that's something that I always keep in mind as it relates to those who I allow to have an I will say those who I allow to have an impact on me because you want to be around a bunch of different people, especially in business and work and ministry, whatever it is that you do, you're going to be around a lot of people. But there's a difference between who you're around and who you invite in to allow to have a level of impact on you. And so that's something I always keep in mind when it comes to relationships. I'm naturally an observant person. I'm introverted by nature, which I think works in my favor a lot because I'm never the loudest person in the room, but probably the most observant. Um, and it gives me an opportunity to really just observe my surroundings and see how are you acting when I'm not even involved? Because I would be a fool to think you're going to act differently by the time we start right. getting to know each other, right? So that 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 scripture, along with many, for me, it's like one of those measuring sticks that I use in just the day-to-day -day and building relationships, especially in business. Absolutely. You know, sometimes we can be blinded by the representative that people try to put on mm -hmm. and thinking that they're good for our um, well-being or they have the best interest at heart. But when you think about your day-to-day -day life and the folks that you allow to pour into you or are able to sharpen you or to be honest to you, it's important to be intentional about those relationships. And one other thing mm -hmm. I wanted you to share with us is for me, I am a huge proponent of therapy. And for some people, they may mm -hmm. have never considered going to therapy. They may look <laughs> at it like my business is my business and not nobody else's. But I feel mm -hmm. like a therapist is a safe environment for you to be sharpened or for you to take mm -hmm. off mask or to be able to grow and evolve or know those blind spots that you may not be aware of to help sharpen you. So can you share with us, what was it like for you the first time you started going to therapy? <laughs> so I've had various experiences with therapy, with counseling and therapy. I believe that they're different 
um, my first experience was in counseling actually as a teenager. And my I was going through a lot in my household with my parents. And my mother took me to church to speak to one of the counselors. And this woman was, because at the time I was being very rebellious. I, it was a lot of you know trauma and things going on in my household. And so as I was in this session, I felt as if the, the counselor had already had a conversation with my parents. And then now it was like, okay, you need to act right and get in line. And back then this was before Christ. So I was like, what? I'm out of here. Like, right. <laughs> Lady, I don't know what you are talking about, but I'm not hearing it. Flips table, I'm gone. Right. So I was like, no, absolutely not. If this is what this is all about, I'm not doing it. And so I was very, very turned off by counseling at that time but then as I got older and more mature and ironically a lot of my friends are therapists so I'm around therapists often enough um so as I I I got a bit more mature I think it was after once I first started my business like earlier on I was getting ready to get married I I wanted to go back into counseling because I'm like okay I'm about to have this huge life change of getting married I experienced certain things growing up that I don't want to have in my household. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not naive enough to think that, oh, it's going to be him and he has to do this and he has to do that. Like, no, let me go and and do a check on myself to see how can I make sure I'm not bringing my baggage into this marriage and I'm coming into this marriage as a whole individual. And so um, that's when I started going back to counseling again. Now, at this time, I chose counseling over more of like cognitive behavior therapy or something like that, because I wanted someone who was spiritually mature. And I was specifically looking for a woman who was black, who was a Christian and who was spiritually mature, because I wanted to be in a place to where I was not just learning textbook things, but I was really getting mothered in a sense and then also guided spiritually as I'm going into this new life change. And so that's when I decided to go back. And at the same time, my husband and I were in premarital counseling. So I was getting like a double dose. It was the most vulnerable I had ever been. Mm. (laughs) So um, when I went back though, that totally changed my perspective because the counselor that I had at that time, she saw me, she understood me. I was able to bring my mother into sessions And for the first time, I was able to get validated in my experience and her using the word, us being able to pray before sessions, her Mm. being, well, I feel the Holy Spirit saying this. It was just everything that I needed at that time. And then going even into the counseling, premarital counseling with my husband to be able to say, okay, this is what the Bible says marriage is. And and this is what you're the covenant that you're entering into. Let's right. have a lot of these difficult conversations now. And even those our premarital counselors, we're still very close with them today. But those experiences changed it for me. My first one, I was a little scarred. I said, you know what? I'm not going to hold everybody to this. Let's try this again. And thankfully, when I went back um, that second time, it was great. And then I went back to therapy. I want to say last year. Again, this time I wanted a therapist. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I've, I'm, I'm at a certain point in my spiritual life. I understand the word. I know how to go to God for my problems. I know how to war in the spirit. I know all of that. So I don't, I'm I'm not in need right now of that spiritual help. What I'm in need of 
is really the cognitive behavior therapy. I'm in need of the right. um, resources and the tactics that your education taught you that could help me to be able to navigate different things that I may be going through. And so I took a different approach uh, this, last year, and that was amazing for me as well. That's awesome. I like how there's been this journey for you from going from starting from childhood, not the best experience, someone kind Mm -hmm. of setting up the stage of what they want you to do, then getting Mm -hmm. to that place where there's so many shifts in your life and working with someone that is um, blessed in so many areas to be able to help you, not just from a mental health perspective, but also from a spiritual perspective. And then now Mm -hmm. you're in a place of you're being able to implement resources to help with change Mm -hmm. behavior. And each of those encounters brought lessons for you to learn and to be sharpened in every area in your life for that particular season. I want you to share, you know, now that you have transitioned to a different type of therapist than what you Mm -hmm. worked with, with your husband and when your mom was able to come into session, what's been the shift been like for you working with a different type of therapist now? I would say uh, working with a more traditional therapist has been really exciting actually, because I like to learn. I can nerd out on things. So learning the different concepts and her bringing up these little activities or the feelings wheel or referring me to different books and adding names to she, I forgot one, something she said to me, I was like, what in the world is that? Oh, she mentioned how I have avoidance behavior when it comes to certain things. I'm like, that sounds deep. Let me look this up. But it, yeah. it's exciting because it gives me a focus point on areas that I can improve and blind spots that I have because I'm really self-aware. I think that's one of the benefits that I have as a person is I'm very self-aware and also know I just don't know what I don't know. So if I recognize that this may be a problem, I want someone to be able to give me wisdom and insight on how to fill this gap. And so um, my experience with the therapist has been really exciting because now I'm able to dive into these concepts and I love to read. So I can read these books on different things that are going on and really talk through because at the time I, when I hired her, I was a new mom and all of these different things. And so that experience has been very, very exciting uh, because of just all of the things that I'm uncovering about myself that I, that were just blind spots. Yeah. And talk to me about the avoidance behavior, because for some people, they may not even know what that means. They just think sometimes mm-hmm. that's just how they are. You know, it's the other person per se. But to mm-hmm. hear you say that and already being a self-aware person, that kind of really uncovers you know, behaviors that you are able to change, not only just in one area of your life, but all the other hats that you wear. Yeah, so that came up because I was talking about some frustrations I was having in like friendships and even my uh, relationship with my husband. It was just some things that were just getting on my nerves, for lack of a better word. And so um, I always have seen myself, and this is still true as someone who is very blunt, straightforward. I have my boundaries. I set them. If I say no, I mean it. Um, If I say I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do it. So I've always been very like, So I'm putting my foot down and it's my yes, yes. And my no is no. But what I didn't realize about myself is that becomes a little fuzzy the closer somebody is to me. So if someone is, so someone like my husband, who is, you know, my, my life partner, 
some things I would let go that I wouldn't let go that I wouldn't let go if it was someone else. Mm-hmm. And it came when it came to, you know, certain relationships and friendships and mentors and people in my life, my boundaries will start to get a little blurred because I care about them so much. And that was a huge, and that's when she told me about my avoidance behaviors. Like, so you could be so hard and straightforward and gangster with everybody else. <laughs> but the second these people have this soft spot in your heart, now you're getting soft. Trouble <laughs> it all down. <laughs> exactly you don't want to address these things head on I'm like dang she is 100% right <laughs> I just didn't realize that and so in understanding that we were able to come up with just some strategies and things that I could put in place to overcome that and for me once I realize it it's it's over I've always been a growth mindset type of person anyway I'm trying to grow and improve so once you show me my problem that is we're good And so I've been able to be a lot more successful in my boundaries for those that I love after having that conversation. But I I did not see that about myself at all. And she definitely just put that mirror up and was like, actually, you're not as much of a gangster as you think you are. Yes, that is so cool because sometimes we can be blinded and not really knowing the weak areas, especially when you are a strong person, you're a leader, Mm -hmm. everything else that you're doing is successful. You know how you operate and you've seen success, like all these other things, like all the boxes are checked, but then Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, I'm good. But then there's those opportunities of growth that's still available for you. I would love for Mm -hmm. you to share now that you've had this revelation and now your understanding of the avoidance behavior, how has that helped you to sharpen the individuals that you work with? Because, I mean, not only do you have a very successful podcast, you have your mentorship Mm -hmm. group where you're able to pour into other women for them to be strong and their faith and their relationship with the Lord. And you're also working with entrepreneurs as well. There's so many avenues of where you're able to pour into people. But now that you have this area that you've grown, how are you able to sharpen those other folks? I I never push myself or push anything on people. I think my uh, introverted nature helps a lot from being observant. So usually what happens is I will notice maybe their disposition to change or there'll be some hesitancy. They'll be like, Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. I can't. No, no, no. What was that? Yeah. Do you, are you really able to do this? Well, actually, okay. That's okay. You know, let's reschedule this for another time. So just paying attention to body language and how the fluctuation in people's voices. And also with me, I'm, I'm very, very big on relationships and I want people to be comfortable. And so even with, when dealing with clients or uh, mentors or any type of relationship that I have with anybody, I try to always allow it to be a safe space. Like, hey, if you don't want to do this, like, it's okay. We could table this and come back to this later. Like, it's not the end of the world. You matter. Or like when friends come to me, I have a friend, she she has this pattern where she always discredits how she feels. She'll mm-hmm. be like, oh, this is making me mad, but it's not that serious. So I'm going to just do, and I'm like, hey, why how you feel always is not that serious. Oh, okay. You may have spilled milk and you may be crying. It may be a little dramatic, whatever, but that's how you feel. Right. Feel it. Cry. Like what, why you have to, why do you have to constantly dismiss how you feel and move on to the next thing? And so that's usually how I do it. Um, it, when it comes to business relationships, just paying attention 
And then when it comes to personal relationships, bringing things to their attention that they may not see. And, you know, because I would want them to do the same for me. Absolutely. And I think what's so powerful, the fact that when you're able to have that time for yourself and then you're able to pour into other people or just, you know, making them feel seen, making them feel validated, the things that they're going through, then that opens them to be aware of things that they may not realize, especially when you're around other successful or powerful people, they're able to see, man, Tatum, she, she held space for me. She was able to really validate how I felt in that moment and not just run on to the next thing per se. And one other aspect, you know, for me, when it comes to mental health and being sharpened and being aware of the folks that you have in your ear and all of that, how it influences your faith walk. And one thing that I admire what you do through your podcast is you are very open and honest about being obedient in your walk with the Lord, especially when we live in a time where people are often, you shared this recently, um, tickling ears. I believe it's the Mm -hmm. phrase that you had used. Itching ears. Itching ears. There we go. Itching Mm -hmm. ears for certain (laughs) types of messages and certain types of feelings. And when you think about really leaning into obedience, it helps you to be aware of one. Are you that kind of person that has that itching ear component? Does your circle reflect that itching ear component? Or are you really surrendering completely to the word of God and the people that he's bringing into your life to help you to be sharpened? Share with us how your mental health journey has helped you on your spiritual walk. Absolutely. What my first lesson that I got when I truly gave my life to Christ, I always refer to this difference of being saved or being saved, saved. Right. (laughs) I was, I was saved initially when I was a teenager, I got, you know, they did an altar call at church. I felt the tug. I went down got saved. And then, you know, I was on fire for God for a couple of weeks then went right back to how I wanted to live because I didn't have the tools to be able to sustain that. And so uh, maybe it wasn't until I want to say early on in starting my business where I really started to grow in my relationship with God and truly get obedient and learn about obedience, learn about him, learn who, what is this relationship with God going to be for me? Because my my grandmother's faith has taken has kept me alive. I one hundred percent attribute who I am to her prayers. Because if it was up to me, I'd have been out of here a long time ago with the crazy decisions that I've made. But I knew that that wasn't going to sustain me. Mm-hmm. And I got to this point where I was like, you know what, God, I'm tired of the back and forth. I'm tired of the one foot in, one foot out. I've always had this conviction. I've always felt this from you but I've mm. always wanted to be in the world because I and, it, and I wouldn't say I always wanted to be in the world I did not have the tools to be able to live a faith-based life in the world I went to a HBCU where it was we were living yeah <laughs> we yeah. were having a good old time partying doing all of the things nobody was living for God that I knew and yeah. so I just simply didn't have the resources but I did I was so sick of that being an excuse and so I was like, you know what, God, at this point, I'm I'm surrendering to you. I haven't been fully all in, 
But from today, moving forward, I promise you, if you light a fire on the inside of me for you, I'm going to constantly, constantly pursue you, mm. period. And I, I, I made that promise to God in 2017, and I meant it. And I, and even to this day, no matter what happens, I always go back to that moment. So Tatum, what you going to do? Yeah. You going to go back or you want to stay true to your word? And for me, at the bare minimum, let me just be somebody who is a, a person of integrity that right. does what they say they're going to do. And is not breaking covenants with God. So for me, um, that moment of getting saved, saved was so, so important. And even, and this was during a time where I wasn't in any counseling or anything yet, but during this time, what God did was he had to truly mold me back to my intended purpose. This was a while mm. ago where I was reading, I think it was, um, I might've been in the old Testament. I think I was reading about Moses. So I'm down to deep in a Bible study. I'll be everywhere in the concordance, biblestudytools.com. I'll be everywhere just <laughs> learning and going deeper yeah. in what I'm reading. And so I came across something where it just talked about how when God created us, of course, before he formed us in our mother's womb, he knew us. He created us for this purpose. He's the, he's the author and finisher of all things. Who we become as we grow up and mature is a result of the environments that we've been in. Mm. Who our parents are, the experiences that we have, all right. of these things that take us if we aren't if we're not raised or around and cultivated in an environment that is intentional about keeping who God created us to be, we, we, we go further and further away from that. And so as I was reading, I came across something that talked about being uh, remolded back to our intended purpose. Mm. And I thought that was so powerful. And so I was like, you know, God, in, in prayer one time, I'm like, can you make me who I was supposed to be? Because all of the stuff that I'm dealing with in counseling, once I started going again, these are all me trying to relearn and debunk and heal from stuff that probably wasn't even supposed to be part of the plan. Like outside of all of that, who did you create me to be? Mm -hmm. And so that has been the, so just God really showing me that over the years has been so huge for me. And so it impacts my mental health because it provides a filtering system that any counseling or therapy I get has to go through. Because mm. no matter how many degrees you have, no matter how wise you are, you're, you didn't create me. <laughs> you are not my God. So uh, I appreciate your wisdom, but it's always going to be filtered through what he said. So right. some stuff I got to hold on to that you're telling me needs to break. Some stuff. I need to address that you may not think is that big of a deal. So, but you got to help me with it because God said that this is a problem. So I'm fasting and praying, but I'm also talking to you. So you need to <laughs> help me with this as well. So it provides that filtering system so that no, because it's always remembering that any therapist or counselor is still a human being. Exactly. And I want to make sure that yes, I'm improving. Yes, I'm growing. Yes, I'm taking care of my mental health, but I'm not getting away from who God says I am. If you're someone that's constantly struggling with how to prioritize your health 
and you are looking for ways to be consistent with either weight loss, your mental health journey, or just your overall health, I want to recommend to you today's sponsor, Prestige Health and Wellness. This is a professional clinic that's able to offer you support to help you through not only your mental health journey, but also any weight loss goals that you may have. I started going to Prestige Health and Wellness at the end of 2020, and I am proud to say that it has been such a game changer. You're able to connect with your licensed professionals to not only carve out time for your mental health, but also carve out time for being intentional around weight loss goals that you may have. If you're interested in pursuing services through Prestige Health and Wellness, be sure to check out the show notes for all the details. Now let's get back to today's conversation. Exactly. And therapists are not there to do the work. They're just simply there holding the mirror up for you, creating an environment for you to be vulnerable and to have that time to look at the areas that you may have brought to prayer with the Lord, where he said, hey, this is an area that I need you to work on. This is an area that I want to shift or bring you out of. And now you're like, Lord, I don't know how. What does that even look like? What is this even rooted in? I just think this Mm -hmm. is just what it's supposed to be. But then now you're able to take what he's saying to you directly because you have that foundation, that relationship with him to Mm -hmm. an environment with a therapist or wise counsel to be able to work through the strategy of breakthrough. You know, for me, Mm -hmm. sometimes if I was raised in a church environment, my mother went to a Pentecostal church, my dad went to Mm -hmm. a Baptist church, two totally different environments. Most often in a Pentecostal church, they look at deliverance as this full manifestation of people having demons and all these other things. But then there's also the component of being delivered through a process, a process of breaking away from habits that you may have been formed into because of the environments that you've been raised in. It's one thing to get hands laid on you and things starting to happen, but it's a totally different thing when God starts to walk you through being intentional about breaking mm-hmm. away from habits and behaviors that hinder you from growing spiritually. Another thing I want us to talk about is, you know, as you're filtering through everything that you're learning, you know, God is downloading into you. Like, these are the areas that I want you to grow in. These are the areas that I want you to be better. And these are the areas that you're called to. How do you begin to stay committed to that instead of reverting back to the things that you know, or that's familiar to you all the time or the environments that you may have been raised in? Um, I think that's a, a decision by decision, moment by moment thing. And also understanding what are some things that just need to break or what are some things that I'm kind of struggling with. So for me, if I'm struggling with something, so let's say for the longest time, my mouth. So if I'm struggling with my mouth, that's always top of mind to me to where I may be slower to respond. Or if I'm upset, I may just be quiet because I don't know what's going to come out <laughs> if I'm upset. Or if, you know, it, just putting different markers or controls in place to safeguard what it is that I'm working on. But some stuff, it may just need to break. Some people I may just need to cut off. And mm. with that, I do what's necessary to maintain that block, out of sight, out of mind, leaving it at that. So 
I think just being able to maintain where God is taking me versus old things is prioritizing the patterns and habits and those behaviors you do unconsciously. It should always be a priority in those things that can just be done, you know, black and white, then just doing that. Um, also for me, I, I, I'm very, very big on, I'm always, I've always been a private person, um, but I'm very big on protecting what God is doing. So mm. that helps as well. So when it came to business specifically, I grew up, my mom was in a network marketing company. And so she was uh, just a hustler grinding and she would always use um, what she was doing. She would always justify it as trying to provide a different life for me and my siblings than she had. And, but it came at the expense of time, mm. a, a actual relationship, a healthy home environment. And so putting, keeping that in mind when it came to business, I was also susceptible to pride, chasing money, um, building a, a life full of materialism. And so with keeping understanding that and understanding God trying to break certain uh, generational things through me is something I always kept top of mind. So when it came to business, I talk in my podcast a lot about making God the CEO. That's a way of doing business that I had to implement to keep myself in check. When opportunities come up, I had to put that through a filtering system. Is that for the season God has me in right now? No matter how much is attached to it, no matter what could come from it, is that in alignment with what God has for me right now? If it's not, mm -hmm. it has to go. And so for me, it's all about decisions. Who I married was very important. Like I could, I could not marry anybody. I, you know, it's, I, I just can't. And so even making sure who I decided to partner with for life was who God made for me. And mm -hmm. I'm glad I made the best decision. I did marry who God made for me. But so many women, we just get caught up in like the, you know, the, the wedding and all of the vanity things and being quote unquote relationship goals, all of that. I knew that who I married was important. And so making the best decision with that. Even when it comes to knowing certain seasons, I talk on my podcast a lot about taming my inner hustler. So mm -hmm. that part of me that always wants to strive and do something more and accomplish great and grind, 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 that has never gone anywhere. Like, even though I learned how to make God a CEO and I know how to do things differently, that inner desire is still always there. So when mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, I could do this. I could do that. Oh, that looks like that'll be a great opportunity. No. I have to keep that part of me tamed. And so even with that, it just has to be decision. Understanding your blind spots, understanding what God is breaking you from, and then putting those controls in place to make sure you keep those things at bay. But for me also, it's just decision. Every decision I try to make sure is in alignment with what God has, because that makes the environment that much easier. Mm. So the environment of making sure that you are uncompromising to the vow yeah. that you kept regarding your relationship with him and what he has given you opportunities to steward well, which yeah. also makes me think about your book that you wrote mm -hmm. talking about she is uncompromising. And when we yeah. live in a world where it's all about create balance and, you know, doing all that, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's not the way that you've laid it out in your book and sharing how it's more about prioritizing what's yeah. 
in front of you. Talk to us about what does it mean to be uncompromising? Yeah, I, man, this, this book is really, this book means so much to me, not just for the content, but even to its creation is a testament of how faithful God is. So quick backstory, I was doing a fast. So I have the society, which is our, my membership program that supports the podcast for people who want to grow in faith and business. So at the time we were doing a fast and we do, we do challenges and things throughout the year, but usually at the end of the year, we do like a really big fast where it's like an extended period of time. We have a lot of speakers and a lot of things that happen. And so during this time, I was really, uh, God had told me to write my second book and I was like, God, I mean, okay, but I don't really want to, I don't really want to do that for one. And then also I didn't, I wanted it to be at a certain level. So my first book Mm -hmm. was self-published and I'm like, God, I want, I want the books like, I'm a reader. I want the books like I see in Barnes and Noble with the sleeve and, you know, the hardback and all that. I don't want the little, you know, and, and no disrespect to anybody who's self-published, but it's a difference. And I'm like, I want something I could see in the bookstore. And I was like, but I nevertheless, and that's always, that's my process. I'm going to say how I feel, but I'm going to do what he says. Because it's no point of negating our feelings. God knows we don't want to do this. So he knows we feel unqualified. He knows that we may be upset about something. We may throw a little temper tantrum, but just be obedient. Right. (laughs) You're not less obedient if you're upset about it. Just do it. And so... Um, my mindset was like, but nevertheless, that's always how I ended. Nevertheless, God, whatever you want. All right, go start writing a book. I get an email one day from a publishing company who found me from my podcast. The thing that I didn't want to change over. Hey, we found you from your podcast or whatever. Are you writing a book right now? And I was like, this is crazy. This cannot be real. So I'm looking up, making sure this ain't no scam. I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, this is way too coincidental. And so, um, but it wasn't a coincidence. It wasn't a scam. Uh, It was definitely God. But I was able to write this book um, and have the support of a publishing company. And I have it right here. So I have the sleeve that I was just talking about with the bio on the inside. And I can knock on the back and I can put it in up in Target somewhere. And it blends in with, the rest of the books. And so he really came through and really answered my prayer. But as far as the subject matter goes, I've, he's, he's been laying this concept on my heart for a while because in, with women, we're always conditioned, even in faith settings to compromise. Mm-hmm. Like you have to, especially as a woman who's called to be a leader, it's always this conflict of like, how am I going to be the one that's the pastor versus my husband or how I'm going to be the one that is, you know, in the forefront and my husband is doing this. Like we've compromised so yeah. much and in society, you know, you talk about the woman has to stay home with, with the children and the husband goes out and he's the one who works and all of these different things. So between societal norms, religious pressures, there are so many different environments where women are called to compromise. And every time that I open my Bible, I don't see anything about compromising. <laughs> I just simply no. don't. I see a God who wants to give me the desires of my heart. I see a, a, a God who don't compromise. <laughs> right. And so I, I I just did not understand why I had to settle for anything. And that's even before that was adapted to Christian life. That has always been my mindset of like, no, I want this. And as a child, it was called being disrespectful or being rebellious. But as an adult, it made me very 
unsuccessful. But it, my mindset is, oh no, like if I if it's available, why can't I have it? Why can this person live a certain type of way and I can't? And then once I was able to, or once I started growing in my faith, it really just added fire to that. I'm like, oh, police. So you really can't tell me that these people out here in the world worshiping the devil going to live better than me as a servant of the most high God? Uh, no, that ain't going to work. That I ain't read nothing that is in alignment with settling in any type of way. Now it's just a matter of how. And that's what the book is really about. Just debunking a lot of the myths as it relates to being a woman who wears uh, different hats, who's called to different things, just really seeking God on behalf of all of those things. So first debunking the mindset that you have to settle in any type of way, and then providing the tools so that you can truly live a life of, and I call it total life harmony, because I don't, I don't like the word balance. I feel like balance is a juggling act. Like in order for something to be balanced, you have to have weight evenly distributed on both sides. That's just simply not how life works. It's not practical. For me, it's all about harmony. How do I need to operate right now to optimize this current season? And that season change, we redo the system to be able to have harmony at that phase. And so that's what that book does. It just, it really just walks you through how to have total life harmony without compromising your belief system without compromising your values and not without compromising who God has called you to be. Yeah. Especially now when, you know, we're inundated with the expectation to compromise our faith, you know, our time, our priorities, you know, everything to conform to someone else's expectation. And then in the end, Mm -hmm. there's still this unsettling feeling on the inside of like, man, why did I conform or why did I do this? You know, all these other pressures are just out of alignment for what God has for us to do. And to hear you share, you know, there is the opportunity for us to all have a life that's built on harmony and not balance. Yeah. A life Mm -hmm. that's, you know, purpose driven, but in a place where it's an alignment to what God will is for us is incredible. And to know that all areas of our life can thrive. You know, yeah. our mental health can thrive, our spiritual life can thrive, mm-hmm. our relationships, you know, our time with family, all of those areas can thrive. If you're an entrepreneur, those areas can thrive for you too. And there isn't anything that you feel like you have to discount or discredit because yeah. of someone else's expectation or maybe something that you feel will allow you to fit in with what someone else feels like you should do. So that's just so awesome. So I really yeah, and I would say, go ahead. I would say too. One of the things that it's very difficult practically, but it should be the number one priority for us as believers is that you know the Bible tells us in in Romans, do not conform to the patterns of this world. And we live in a world, and we live in uh, bodies that do not want to do the will of God. And so we have to constantly understand that and have that level of of awareness so that we can then make sure we're walking in the fullness of who God has called us to be. So for me, one of the things I like to keep a healthy distance from things like social media and stuff like that, because I don't want, I understand that my eyes and ears are a gateway to my heart. I don't want 
to just be mindlessly scrolling and then ingesting belief systems or behaviors or whatever and allowing them to be normal to me when they're not things that are supposed to be normal. I don't want to see how everybody is doing business because God is an unconventional God. He'll have us doing something in life and business that makes absolutely no sense. And we have to be willing to do that. Faith is confidence in things hoped for, assurance about things unseen. If you go to Hebrews 11, they uh, at, the, at the end, it talks about the hall of faith. So all of mm. these people, Abraham, all of these people that got called to do unconventional, unfathomable things, how they are in this hall of faith because they had great faith. They were able to step out. But I believe we're in a world now where we want God to prove himself to us in order for us to obey him. And that's just simply not how that works. It's not how it works at all. He is not our master. And even I believe that faith settings have done a disservice to people to where and why people gravitate and have itching ears like we talked about in the beginning, because you want God to do to be your genie, to do what you want him to do versus you committing to what his plan is, his will, his way, his timing, no matter how crazy or unconventional it may be. And one of the things I love to talk about in my um, in my book is even my journey to becoming a mother, where God, um, I was having a lot of difficulties conceiving and carrying to term. And I was frustrated where all of my doctors were like, oh, well, do you want to get testing done and things like that? And I was like, and I'm like, God, we getting testing done. We, you know, what we doing? And God was like, no. Mm. So here I am not knowing what in the world may be going on with my, with my body. I just know that I want a child and it just has not been able to happen yet. All I'm getting is losses and I'm not understanding why. And I want answers and I want clarity. And God is telling me your faith is what's going to get you here. And I had to just decide, am I going to do his way or am I going to do what makes me comfortable? And I tell that story in the book and I did it his way. And now I have a beautiful son. I'm actually um, about seven months pregnant now. And even this time around, my same thing, same situation. I'm like, okay, we're ready to have another child. And um, same thing happens. Keep having losses, not happening. So I'm like, God, what are we doing? Like, can I get testing now? Like, you know, uh, this is a similar subject matter, but is this the same journey? And so God told me, yeah, you can go get testing done. So I'm like, finally, all right, cool. Let's go, let's go get some things done, see what's going on. So I get all of this testing done, nothing's wrong. My husband gets testing done, nothing's wrong. I'm like, I think this made me more mad than um, waiting mm. and not getting any done. Cause now, okay, they're telling me there's nothing wrong with me, but clearly there's something yeah. going on. And so I was at the point where he was, uh, where they were telling me, all right, well, in order for you to get to the point where you have, you're able to carry the term and you have a healthy baby, um, you can do IVF. So by then we'll be able to, you know, do the whole process and you can do the transfer. You can have these embryos in the freezer. So when you want to have more kids in the future, you can pull from there. And I'm like, okay, I think this might be a good fit for me because then not only will this solve my problem right now and this, this pain and this emotional roller coaster, I feel like I'm on, but it also prevent me from getting on it again because then I'll be able to go and, you know, do different things. Yeah. So man, this, this was tough. And so I was praying about it and I, I just didn't get an answer for a while. And I was like, I cannot make this wrong decision because this is not just about me. It's about my kid. I want to be able to look my kids in their eyes 
and for them to believe the God I believe in and not just by what I say, but how I live and the decisions that I've made. And so I can, I know I could look at my son and say, and talk about God, because I'm like, it's by faith that you even here. Right. So with this second time around, I'm like, God, I'm not trying to, to jeopardize what you have for me because I'm upset or because this is uncomfortable. I don't want to make a decision of comfort. I want to be obedient. And so I was not getting an answer. I was fasting. I was praying. I was fasting and praying. Man, I can't. I, man, I feel like I lost so much weight not eating. I was like, "What, God? Hello? Like, I'm not getting home. Where you at? Like, <laughs> and it was it was just a, a long process of like, what is going on? And one day I would feel like I heard this, and another day I would feel like that. I'm like, no, this is I'm confused still. So I'm like, man, God, you, we want to do this differently. You want to tell me with, where I know without a shadow of a doubt that this is it. And so I was at an event, um, volunteering. I'm just there to serve. And um, I don't know what they were talking about, but I felt in my spirit, no IVF. And I was mm. like, I knew that's what it was. I was like, okay. I, it, everything in me said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the answer. And so for me, once I tell my husband, then that's when it's like, for real, <laughs> I don't want to go back to him and be like, God said this, God said that. Yeah. So once I text him, it's, it's for real. So I texted him. I said, God says no IVF. He was like, okay, cool. No IVF. Cause he very calm, cool, collected. He's like, whatever we're going to do what God said. Simple as that. I'm the one that'd be like, but <laughs> so much going on. <laughs> so <laughs> So, um, and so I'm like, okay. So I made that decision. No IVF. The, the, the fertility clinic kept calling and they were like, hey, did you decide what you want to do? I was like, yeah, I'm, um, I'm, we're just going to wait. And so um, maybe two weeks later, I found out I was pregnant. So then what? it was just such, I, like two weeks later, it was very quick. And I was so excited. And what was so beautiful about wow. that was one of the frustrating parts of that whole journey was that until you're about like eight weeks or something like that, you can't go to your OBGYN. They're like, we ain't going to see you until like at least week eight. Mm-hmm. And so I would have a lot of losses usually earlier on. Um, and so I felt very alone in that, the, those time periods where I would get found out I was pregnant, but it wouldn't progress and I just felt isolated I felt alone I was in a constant state of anxiety because I'm like I'm excited but also I don't want to get too excited because this is going to last so the the beauty of me building this relationship with the fertility clinic and getting this testing and stuff done is they're there for you in that early stage so I'm I'm able to get ultras that get blood work first I'm able to get blood work first to confirm that the pregnancy is there I'm getting repeat testing to see that it's progressing I get an ultrasound every week to be able to so I could see like no it's it's a baby in there it's growing here and they deal with women with fertility issues so they're able to address even my mental needs during that time and it was just so beautiful like when I graduated they say they call it graduation when you go from there to your regular OB my husband was like dang do we really gotta leave we like it here (laughs) everybody's just so wonderful and so now you know I'm in the the third about 30 weeks now so counting down to delivery and I'm just so grateful because I'm like this is what it means to to not be compromising. It's doing what God said, despite 
what everything looks like. It's having this delusional level of faith to where everything was telling me something's going on. And God said, no, I will never understand why this is a part of my journey. But I know for a fact that I'm going to scream to the mountaintops what, what my God did. And yes. nobody is able to get the credit for it because it's all him. And so just that that message, and I, I talk about, I wasn't, I think my son was maybe only one or so when I wrote the book. So the, the new pregnancy is not in the book at all. But just to see how God moved through that situation, to see how he's continued to move, to see what's happened in business and all of these things that I never would have imagined for myself. I mean, we just bought a content studio not too far from, uh, we're in PG County, Maryland, not too far. It's like right in the middle of DC and uh, Baltimore. So to be able to purchase commercial property and build out a new business and all of these things, like God is just so good. And yes, when you're yes. unwavering and being obedient, when I read, I take, I'm, I'm, the word is everything to me. When I am in faith-based settings or if I go to places and they, it's a Christian conference or it's a church service or something, cut the lights on, relax. What What's the Bible saying that we're talking about here? Like, if yes. y'all make it real moody and all of that, cool, 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 cool. Is what you're saying in this word and is it contextually accurate what this word is saying? Like, I'm very mm. serious about that. So when I read things like Deuteronomy 28, where it's very black and white of, it talks about the blessings of obedience and the curses of disobedience. We hear people talk all the time about, you know, he'll make you the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. That's in Deuteronomy 28, but that's also a, a blessing and a benefit of obedience, not just right. because he's God. That's if you're obedient. All of these promises that we hold on to and we quote our contingencies based upon our decisions and behavior, if we're going to obey God or not. And so uh, when it comes to being uncompromising, all the promises that I talk about in this book and the stories that I tell, I always emphasize obedience in, in that message of being uncompromising, meaning I'm going to do what God said, no matter what. Yes. Period. If you haven't heard, your girl just released my very first journal called Bold Confidence. This journal is your opportunity to be able to be intentional about building your mental health in your faith. This journal was built on such intentionality where you're able to carve out time in the morning and to reflect in the evening how to have bold confidence. You know, having confidence, which is strictly just having faith in everything that God has given you, requires you being intentional for you to actually write down the vision for where you're headed. And also to be intentional about filling the cup that you have and not necessarily always feeling depleted by everything that you're pouring out to you. You know, when I created this journal was at a time in my life where my mom had just passed away. I needed something to just be reminded of everything that she's sown into me and me being reminded of the purpose that God has given me. And through that time, he gave me bold confidence, bold confidence to not only do this podcast, to but continue on with the purpose and the vision that God has given me. And I hope that you get your copy of bold confidence. You can head over to myfaiththerapy.com. Go ahead and click the button where you're able to purchase your copy strictly from Amazon. Now let's get back to our conversation with Tatum. No comma. Nope. 
<laughs> not <laughs> but that, like that's it. If Mm-mm. wow, that's it. Wow, and to know that the not just the blessings that you receive, but the growth that you have, mm-hmm. and the knowing that He cares about yeah. you and your well-being and the going back to where you were talking about earlier how he formed you in your mother's womb and knew you so he knew Mm -hmm. that this would be the journey for your life and keeping Mm -hmm. at the forefront that you know you wanted your life to be different you didn't want mm-hmm. the back and forth. You didn't want to be one foot in, one foot out. But then when you made that commitment to, you know, be a woman of integrity, a woman of faith that has integrity and to how he's just been consistent with that yeah. process. I couldn't help but to think about when you were talking about the first, your experience, the first time you got pregnant, then the second time, how the journey was so different to where it was like, mm-hmm. okay, Lord, every step asking him, you know, can I get testing? And then getting a yes. But then sometimes we can think him saying yes is supposed to be go through the full process, but it wasn't that Mm -hmm. it was each step. You filtered it through him and asking, okay, what are my next steps? What are the next things that you want me to do? And it wasn't so much of the fact of get the testing to have the fertility process with them. It was more so that after he does what he's going to do, by faith, by your obedience, it allowed you to have that relationship with them to calm down the anxiety of yeah. the process of what you had went through before. He was just that intentional to be like, yeah. Tatum is my daughter. And I'm going to make sure that the anxiety doesn't rule her heart and mind during this process, but I'm going to connect her with a facility that's able to bring the assurance for her through the entire yeah. time. You know, just asking God to lead and guide you through the process and being obedient to the process and not saying that it's going to be easy, not saying that it's just going to be, everything's just going to be peaches and cream and things are just going to happen like that. But learning to embrace dying to the flesh, learning to embrace being sharpened by the word of God, being sharpened by wise counsel and the people that he sends into your life, being willing to be delivered from mindsets and habits that can hinder your, your faith walk from maturing and being willing to be made into who he's created you to be and not being, Mm -hmm. um, a fictitious person or almost like a robot of what other people expect you to be, you know, that, that, yeah. thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing yeah. that. Just, I'm so full. Cause that's my journey. <laughs> the, the, all of that, all of that. I'm going to just go mm. and say, thank you, Lord. That's all confirmation. So I'm going to go ahead and receive yeah. it. And I hope those that are listening is confirmation for you to know that obedience Yes, it may seem unpopular to other people, but when you make that commitment to serving the Lord, he's got your back. He's going to walk you through the process. And it's not just to receive blessings, but for you to be made whole into what he's called you to be. So that way you are uncompromising to not only the word of God, but also uncompromising to the vision and purpose that he's placed on your life. Thank you, Tatum. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
so much for sharing. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. So as we are getting ready to close this conversation, I'm just like, like I want more of it, but I got to honor your time. I'll keep you all day. (laughs) I've been here talking about God all day, so you're gonna have to stop me. (laughs) I'm gonna have to have you come back and just share even more. But I just love that. That was amazing. That was amazing. How can people connect with you? Yes, of course, you can listen to my podcast, Blessed and Bossed Up. That's really my safe space where I come and I'm vulnerable and just sharing what God gives me to share. I don't like social media at all. I'll be on there sometimes and I'll be like, "Ugh, this is annoying. I'm gone for six months. But (laughs) if you do want to follow me on social media, my uh, social media is Tatum Tamia, T-A-T-U-M-T-E-M-I-A. But my podcast is where I am the most. If you want to start a podcast, my company, Anchor Media, we help those who want to uh, launch or grow a podcast. You can go to anchoredmedia.com. I think that's everything. I think that covers all the bases. Awesome. And before we end today's conversation, I would love for you to pray. Absolutely. So God, first, we just thank you for being who you are, Lord. We thank you for just being omnipresent, Father. You have navigated this whole entire conversation. You know what every single person needed to hear, whether it's myself, whether it's Marilyn, whether it's someone who's listening when this comes out or 10 years from now, God, you are all knowing and you have such a beautiful way of making a message relevant to every single person in a way that's personal to them. So we worship and praise you and thank you right now, God, for the breakthrough that's going to happen, that's going to happen in the lives of those who's listening. We thank you for those specific and personal messages and nuggets that people were able to take from this conversation, God. We thank you for those who are going to open up their Bibles, whose Bibles haven't been open in a while because they want to see and learn and hear and understand and apply this word that we've been talking about, God. I thank you for those who are evaluating their relationships so that they can be in settings where iron is sharpening iron and, and bad company is not corrupting good habits, God. I thank you for those who understand that they may need a counselor or a therapist, Father, and you're showing them resources and individuals uh, who who know you, but who are also professionals that will be able to help them navigate the various seasons you've called them to, God, or called them to go through. And overall, Father, I, I pray and hope that your your people who are listening to this are able to feel your love because I, I we talk so much God about what you can do and your promises and how amazing you are but your love is so deep your love is so pure your love is so comforting it, it it's way more comforting I think that we give you credit for God so I just pray that your your children who hear this are able to feel the love of God, to feel a peace that surpasses all understanding. I pray that something is light, uh, that, that you light something on the inside of them to where they want to know you better. They want to follow you and obey you, God. And I cancel every plan of the enemy to try to uproot what you planted, to try to destroy what you have sent out through this episode, God. I pray that everyone's hearts and minds are prepared to receive what you have and reject any any plan or plot 
of the enemy, God, because you have given us the power to trample upon lions and serpents and not hit our foot on a stone. So we have victory over the enemy and all of his devices. And I thank you that your people are able to exercise those devices to be able to cancel those plans of the enemy and receive what you have from them on this episode. I pray that you continue to grow this platform, that the purity of this platform is felt with everyone who listens to it, God. And I praise you and thank you in advance for what you're doing. And I thank you that every communicated and uncommunicated desire that Marilyn has, God, that you will give it to her, whether it's children, whether it's things with business or this platform, whatever those things are that only you know, God. I pray that you honor those things, that you honor her obedience, that you honor those sacrifices that she makes that no one knows about. I pray that you honor even the seeds that she's planted that she hasn't seen fruit from yet, God. I thank you that she will start to reap a harvest from seeds that were sown years and years and years ago, God. And that she is, I thank you that she's under an open heaven right now, God. And that all of her heart's desires, that you will pour them on her, God, that you will give her a favor that just is unfathomable, that just doesn't make any sense, that you will pour her out a blessing, God, that she doesn't have room enough to store because of her obedience and her commitment to dying to her flesh and honoring you, God. So we thank you. We praise you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Amen. 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 